Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Hello! And like I mentioned on last week's full-length episode, I do have a special guest with me this week. To me, they are the most special guest because it is not only my bestest friend ever in the world, my amazing boyfriend, Max Ram. Hi, Max. Hi. Hi. Is it fun just like <laughs> going from the living room, hanging out, and then stepping into the bedroom? It is. It's a little different. I it's get a, little, a break. Yeah. yeah. So break a, from my regular from my like regular activities, from and then you know I get to we enjoy a, your company in this room. Right. We took a break from watching the sports. Yes. To talk about feminism. Yeah, that's that's what I was doing before. Yeah. We'll, After a long day of driving. How and, many yeah. how many straight white men can say that they went from watching the sports to chatting about feminism with their girlfriends though? I don't think many. I don't I think, think that many. puts me in an elite class. You are in a league of your own, my friend. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. It's a sports reference too. Yes. You see, you see what movie. I did there? I'm so really smart. good movie. Great movie. I think I've only seen it once with you. I'm I'm a bad movie watcher. That's fine. We'll get more. We're working on it. Okay, so I am very excited to have Max here because he is a person in my daily life that I talk to about everything, but we have a lot of the same conversations that I end up having on the podcast, whether it be because I've been reading about something during the week and want to talk about it with you you all later or if it's something that we saw on the news together we love watching john oliver together so we kind of have our our own little like ways of having news together Mm -hmm. or whatever and we love we like morning conversations about news and hopefully not too much news too early just start the day off right instead of i try not to get too much news in the very early part because right but then we have a few like it's hard glasses of wine you have a couple beers and then we start talking about something serious and end up having a whole discussion and um yeah so i feel like you are the most convenient and most wonderful person for me to talk to about all of this stuff being that we live together um so you've been on the show once before and it was like in the beginning of the relationship it seems like it was probably almost four years ago that it you feels like me. it was i can't remember how long we were in at we that were, time we were in the studio we were so it was within the first year for sure yeah um yeah that was it was a long was time great. Ago. so i'm a second time co-host you are a second time co-host guest co-host guest co-host I'll welcome back <laughs> you're welcome anytime um so it's been a while so let's let the listeners in a little bit on who you are and max cringes at any of this stuff but you know i adore it so tell let's us see, what i you... don't know what's coming so let's see <laughs> you do <laughs> what am i gonna cringe at <laughs> what's your sign what's your star sign my dear oh my star sign yeah oh. what is it I do know this. Yes, I'm, you do. I'm I have a, it tattooed I, on my arm. You do. Yeah, I know this. I just don't. Oh, I try not to follow it. I, I people are people. And, You're you know, a Scorpio. We're all individuals. I'm a Scorpio. He's a Scorpio. So we have two emotional water signs <laughs> living in a one bedroom apartment. We are chaos and love all at the same time. Um, so he is a Scorpio. He's lovely. Um, you are turning. <laughs> are you turning thirty two or thirty three this year? 
Eh, maybe, maybe you'll find out. I've lost know. track. I've lost. That's no, good. With thirty-three. The, it, it is thirty-three because you were born the same year as Taylor Swift, nineteen eighty-nine. That's true. It was my favorite number first, though. I, I know. gotta say, we've she had that stole argument it for me so many times. I'll, I'll give it to her. She's she's more popular, so she can take it. It's hers now. I've never heard you let Taylor Swift have that number. I feel like I mean, that's well, an she argument. has a lot more power over me. She's she's definitely <laughs> way way more. Now she's way higher up than me. Now that you're on a microphone, you're like, I gotta please the Taylor Swift well, fans. Well, I, I definitely don't want to piss off any Taylor Swift fan. One hundred percent. That's for sure. We they both love eighty nine. She, oh, she so does. Much. She does her thing. She does her thing well, and you're both. She does it. You're both musicians oh, in yeah. a way. We both play music. People play yeah, music. We're, we're a little different. A little in, bit different in music taste, but we. I do some countryish stuff too. Yes, that's true. Some like uh, more old schoolish. Uh, we love a, a good Americana folk. Some good like Loretta Lynn stuff mm. and uh, yeah, Amy Lou Harris, all that. Beautiful. Yeah, bring um, it. Maybe we'll have you on for a feminist fave sometimes, and you ooh, can talk about. I could, I could bring up some great musicians. I think that would be fun. Let's do that. I am here for it. So, um, well, what was I going to say? Well, tell us a little bit about. I know that you hate talking about yourself, but I love talking about you. Um, so then you're I'll in. You take the lead on this. Maybe. I'll take the lead, but you have to help me out. <laughs> no, I'm I'll not just going to talk about you. Um, but you are in two bands. One right now is Nameless. Yes, we're just restructuring, You're restructuring. after some some change ups and everything. But it's, it's um, it's gonna be great. I play guitar in that band. The other band, uh, we're doing uh, quite a few shows right now. We're yeah. called Somersault Queen. We um, I play bass in that, and I uh, play guitar on our new song. Yeah. So multi instrumentalist within the band, but mostly bass on most of the songs. Bass for Somersault Queen, you are a guitar god. Mostly a, a lead guitar player, just all kinds of guitar. Play some drums and keyboards and a little bit of everything. Yeah, I and do. and you also know how to fix a guitar. I just love You're music. Like That's everything. my day job. I play play music and i fix guitars yes and because you mentioned your song i'm going to mention it now so i can remind you all at the end but uh somersault queen has been so kind as to let me play the song at the end of this episode so if you're interested in listening to some of the stuff that max does just stay tuned at the very end and we will play it then for you so now that we've chatted and we've kind of loosened up a little bit we are going to talk about some news topics so Max is coming into this a lot like Keegan and I would come into these episodes where, um, you know, we would each prepare something without the other person knowing. And we would talk about it and just kind of get people's initial responses. I've done all the notes for this episode. Max just knows very briefly what we're talking about. So I'm going to be kind of teaching him a little bit about what we're going to talk about today and just kind of get some genuine responses and conversation. Yes, I know some headlines, but she has been great and went through detailed notes and uh, knows uh, she knows everything. This is what I do every week, yes. isn't it amazing? She knows it all, and I'm uh, I'm here to learn, and I'm here to um, just be with y'all. <laughs> I feel so powerful. Okay, so this is kind of an ongoing thing that I've talked about since Keegan and I were still doing news episodes together. I've mentioned it on many episodes by myself, and now I want to give a little bit more of an update because I mentioned John Oliver earlier, and this is something that I kind of reference a few times in this episode unintentionally, but um, do you remember we were watching an episode a few weeks ago and he was talking about how much he fears 
teenage girls and they were showing all the videos of like the teenage girls flipping off the supreme leader in their classroom yes. and like cutting yes, their hair I and do. all that yeah right and so um i think that there's something terrifying and amazing about teenage girls and i think that you can probably understand that i'm i mean as an adult woman <laughs> i'm still scared of teenage girls because they're cooler than me but like they they're not afraid to say what's on their mind, right? Like I can see that. Yeah. You, you come across them way more often than me. I don't in my daily life. Well, you life, had a younger sister, though. I do. From in my, yeah, when I was uh, in high school, yeah. I yeah. was definitely. You know that we can be, we can be powerful little ones. afraid of some ones. teenage girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? So they are truly. Speak their minds in the best way. Right? Exactly. Sometimes, so... you know, everyone's different. Sometimes in the bad way. You know? <laughs> When they become bratty as a nanny, I can definitely say that that can happen. But in this instance, the teenage girls have really kind of overcome this newest revolution going on in Iran. So ever since the death of uh, Masa Amini, there has been a lot of unrest and protests going on. And those have truly been led by these young teenage girls that see themselves in this other young girl that was persecuted and killed for not wearing their hijab. Iran's human rights activist news agency estimates 222 people have been killed during these demonstrations and over a thousand have been arrested. Though authorities' strict control of information and independent reporting has made it hard to know the accuracy of this number. So the internet is shut down right now. So like they can't go to Instagram yeah. or TikTok or anything like that and be like, this is what's going on. And I think I might we mention it. We don't have it. that stream of information. That's so sad. Exactly. But what's interesting about the fact that like it is being run by this younger generation, and I think I have notes on it later, but um, they're finding these like secret channels and ways to be able to communicate with other countries. And I don't know what that is. I'm assuming that it's kind of kept under wraps so that can be protected. But there are these like young teenagers who are somehow finding a way to get their word out to other countries. And that's how we're able to have like some semblance of knowledge of what's going on. But also the Iranian government is telling very different stories of a lot of these events that are happening as well. So it really makes it hard to report in the media exactly what's going on. But BBC News has begun an investigation to name those who have lost their lives in the protest. There are two teenage girls who had been murdered this past week who first went missing and then ended up being found out to be deceased later on. That includes 16-year-old Nika Shekarami and Serena Esmelizada. I apologize if I'm not saying their names right. I'm doing my best. Um, Nika, in particular, was considered missing for a number of days. Their family considered her to be a missing person, and they looked for her, and they were eventually called to a prison morgue to discover that their daughter had been beaten with a blunt force object and killed and Serena was also killed in a very similar manner. Uh, the government, like I mentioned, they are doing their best to cover this up and they had said of that course. that both girls had committed suicide by jumping off of rooftops. Yeah. Well it's devastating. I, I got no I got nothing. It's I know. just it's it's so sad. Honestly that's and usually what my response is too. obvious just the cover up. It's yeah. Just it's it's well, hard to when you dishonor a death like that yeah. and by saying that it was suicide like is that trying to shame the people that are left behind is that shaming the person who 
is no longer with us. Like it, it's, it's upsetting. I think them just covering them. They're they're trying to cover themselves and cover their own uh, asses, so yeah. to speak. And um, you're allowed to swear as much as you want. Saying. We're an explicit podcast. <laughs> that's, that's very good to know. We I, have a little e. I come in not really, uh, not really <laughs> knowing. <laughs> I listen to episodes and you know I hear it there, but it's so commonplace in my life. So... I don't. You're so scared to fuck up. It's adorable. (laughs) That's totally true right now. (laughs) You are fine. We have the magic Uh, of editing and you are an amazing human being. But it's true. It's it's infuriating to me to think that somebody's death would be dishonored in such a terrible way, I guess. Yeah, that's, I think, just a byproduct of their cover up yeah and yeah, the way they're it, trying to control everybody is and they ridiculous. don't care for human life especially yeah. women's lives 100 especially yeah so well and it gets the worst of the worst it gets worse children as young as 12 have been murdered by armed forces but that hasn't prevented school-aged children from voicing their outrage iran's committee to protect children's rights say that 28 children and adolescents have been killed of the 222 suggested total that they have so and a lot of these other people these other children have been imprisoned last week iran's riot police trapped students in a parking garage and imposed a violent crackdown shooting at women and arresting hundreds of protesters at tehran's sharif university of technology which is a very prestigious school yeah there was a video released of the students who were trapped in this parking garage where you would think that you would just be terrified and quiet and to yourself at least i would be but no they're screaming death to Khamenei," which is the iranian supreme leader so they were like these are the the bravest uh, people I've heard about. One hundred percent, like they've been don't a lot of human fuck. bravery this year amongst all the shit that is going around in the world with uh, fascist governments coming yeah. in and just—it's terrible. I don't even know where to begin. But these girls over there are some of the bravest human beings I've ever seen. And a hundred—they're all—they all kind of remind. It's amazing me of, to see. They I, remind me of like many Malalas in a way because yeah. like Malala to me was always just this like wise beyond their years badass. Chick. It's all the same attitude. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, yeah me too. A BBC reporter tweeted a video of schoolgirls removing their hijabs and and chanting, get lost, at a member of parliament who had come to the schools to discourage these protests. The students have said, don't call it a protest. It's a revolution now. A student would rather die than accept humiliation. Which I'm like, damn. In our in our country, I, I just feel so privileged. I mean, for t- too many reasons. Yeah. Being who I am. Yeah. Obviously. But, um, yeah, I just feel so privileged not to... Worry about have that to kind deal of with this, um, yeah. at, like as of now in our country, like who knows where our future holds. But um, I, I can't imagine anything being like this. And they are so brave. Our government isn't like theirs in the slightest. No, and no matter and how hard, bad ours is, it's, it's hard to even imagine. Yeah. Like, I mean, our the young people in our country are so brave as well and we've had so many great examples of teen activists like i always think about like the parkland kids and things like that but it truly is to me at such a scary level for them it's more life and death it is i mean school shootings that's life and death of course yeah but by your government government yeah it's like coming after teenagers exactly it's like what, who, it, it's like you're fighting against so much more than, I mean, I didn't see myself as being 
that strong and powerful when I was 15, 16 years old. I can't imagine. No. No. no so way. to have that sort of like belief in yourself in general, I think is kind of an amazing thing. They are. Badass. And belief in a cause. I mean, absolutely badass. Absolute badasses, right? They're putting their life on the line. And it's that is so sad that they have to do this. It, and, truly, when they should, especially these kids who are in school, like they should just be like learning the things that they're supposed to learn in school. They shouldn't have to be worried about their rights or their classmates' rights or what's going to happen in their exactly. future. They should just worry about what they want to be educated on. You know what I mean? The Revolutionary Guard Corps say that the high school students who have been arrested have been sent to psychiatric centers to undergo education and behavioral reform, which sounds oh, like brainwashing to me. That's, yeah. That's scary. That's a scary sentence to, to hear. I feel for everyone in this situation. I do Anywhere so. in the world, anything like this, but my thoughts are with these, these kids and every protester. Yeah, 100%. Also this week, there was an Iranian rock climber, Elnaz Rakabi. You probably saw this on like some sort of sports news channel somewhere. Yes. Um, she was a 33-year-old woman from Iran who competed in Seoul without wearing a hijab, which is against the law. So Iran mandates that women wear a hijab when officially representing the country abroad. Now, she stated that it was an accident mm -hmm. and that they called her to compete before she was able to get prepared and put a hijab on and that it was an accident. Yeah. Um, but we don't know if that's something that she's saying to save face or if that's in truth. I think that with all the protests going on, it makes sense that there would be some question uh, to the validity of that as to whether or not she was kind of taking a stand. Um, but she returned home to Iran on Wednesday, which a lot of people, of course, were very concerned about, um, seeming, seeing as she could very easily see a lot of repercussions for what she did. Amnesty International said Monday that they were scared for Elnaz's return as she is at real risk of arrest, torture, and other ill treatment by authorities. So my thoughts are with her as she returns back to her country. I'm curious to know more about what that story was and what's going on. So I didn't realize that there was more to the conversation where she had said that it was an accident. Yeah. I've just I, been seeing the picture. I saw that and um it seems it seems like it could have been a protest at first. This is just my speculation, totally. which no. means absolutely nothing. But please but speculate, I want you to um so I didn't see a full video of it. I saw her climbing up uh without it. I didn't see that. Um it seems like it could have been a uh protest. Uh Definitely with everything going on. That seems like how it was. Uh, saying it's an accident, uh, that's, I mean, knowing your government's going to. Yeah. Who knows? It seems who like knows a huge what happens. Risk. It seems like. Like I would maybe be a couple minutes late. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, can I have a second? I don't want to be killed. Like, and I mean that in all actuality. Like, I wonder, you know... Who knows if it was somebody around her, and I, I know yeah. nothing. I, I know mean, and truly, it doesn't nothing, really matter either way, because yeah. she did it no matter what, and it was huge. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, yeah. It was a huge step in the right direction. It got the word right out for yeah. the protests, whether it was the case or not. Yeah. And it could have been somebody around her just saying, like, 
hey, let's uh, like PR playing it off this way, exactly. uh, which is a great way to stay alive. I have to say in this yeah. situation, whether it was meant to or not, uh, if it's meant to, uh, you are an absolute badass yeah. and uh, just um, either way. Either, I'm, way. either way, it's a great story. Either way, you are amazing. Yeah. Um, if you're ever listening. <laughs> <laughs> Call us. <laughs> All right. We are going to take a quick break for some ads and then we'll be back. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. This next story is going to hit really close to home for us because we are going to talk about something going on in Los Angeles. Our local assholes in charge. Yeah, right? We are really, we don't have the best options for mayor. <laughs> No. Midterms are not going to be fun. We have a Republican turned Democrat at the last moment versus um, another Democrat who just, uh, like, I... I need to do more research, exactly. obviously. But, but like, there's been some concerning ads about, like, the Scientology just, and stuff. Every, Did you see the Caruso there, paper that was in our door? There's been quite a few. I just threw one away. Yeah, they go right <laughs> in this trash. I threw away, I think... Uh, a half a tree's worth of uh, political ads. Our planet is dying. Stop you don't need to email Caruso. me. I already get enough text messages about this. <laughs> I, I'm already like getting. I'm already getting this. I don't need this we in the mail. We are bombarded. Yeah, it's it was too its much. own separate rap and everything. <laughs> it was. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna talk about some racism in Los Angeles because what else is new? So. 
Last Sunday, the LA Times released audio meetings that I guess were originally leaked on Reddit, because of course, uh, between council members in 2021, including then Council President Nuri Martinez and former LA County Federation of Labor President Ron Herrera, in which they claim Councilman Mike Bonin uses his black son like an accessory. Uh, they used Jeez. a term called, and I, I think I'm going to say this wrong, changuito, which means little monkey, which is something oh, that Lord. hurts me to even let utter oh. out of my words to tell all of you. Um, Herrera has since resigned, and Martinez has taken a leave of absence after stepping down as council president. But of course, this scandal has absolutely erupted not just in los angeles but it's become an international story as it should uh there have been resounding calls for council member kevin DeLeon to step down from his position but he said he will not step down from office and this is why he says we need to heal as a city and we need to come together and heal this city no, and i want to be a part of this i'm like no you said and he was also part of that conversation you didn't say anything. You didn't stop it. You let it go on. And you're just like, no, I still want to be a part of the change in Los Angeles. And I think I still deserve to do that. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, you have no business in yeah. being a part of part of the city for one thing and definitely changing it for the better. Yeah, 100%. No business being in that position. No. He says of his part in the leaked audio, I failed in that moment and I failed to step up. I failed not to shut down a conversation I should have shut down. Yeah, you fucking should have. Yeah, you should have, but you were too weak. Sorry. Right? You're a weak, weak person. Weak human being. He says the meeting was centered around redistricting, which I got a little bit of an education on tonight. Didn't really know a whole lot about redistricting. And um, this guy, DeLeon, says... The role that I want to play is I want to have a voice in terms of representation, which I think is very ironic as you were displaying such racism. But a lot of what I've learned about the redistricting in a lot of major cities like in New York, in Chicago and in Los Angeles and actually in Dallas, where you're from as well. When there yep, have become, <laughs> yeah, but when there's larger numbers of more and more diversity of different groups, there really does kind of become, and this isn't a term that I thought of, but something that I was reading in the news, they describe it almost as like a race war within politics to be able to have certain districts and certain people will stoop to certain racist levels to be able to one up each other. Like I said, this is something that I am just learning about tonight. I don't have a whole ton of information about this, but it makes a lot of sense, especially as all of the minority groups are working to essentially push the old white men out of power, which they don't like either. So all of it is a huge mess when we come down to who is going to represent certain districts in these large cities that are so diverse, right? And so we have a growing number of um, Hispanic and Latinx populations here so a lot of our district representatives more and more we've been encouraging to have of course people that look like the people in our neighborhoods to be representing us right and that's not necessarily happening for everybody and i think that in this conversation the fact that it was talking about redistricting and racism was coming up so heavily it to me it just kind of reared its ugly head about who they want to have power in certain places 
And to me, it was just very clear that there are people in power that want to do their best to keep black people from being able to have voices in this. And the thing that's Mm -hmm. so upsetting is that they're not even talking about a a black member of the council. They're talking about a white council member's black son. And I think that's where it really stoops lower than low because you like, it would be bad enough to say something about another adult that you work with, but to go after their kid is terrible. Is devastating. Out of this, Mike Bonin released a televised speech with his reaction to the horrible racism toward his child. And this video also kind of went viral, so you may have seen it somewhere on your social media. Through tears, he talks about how he fears that his son will read these reports and what that might do to his child emotionally, especially as the story has reached international news. And I didn't really think about that the first time I heard this, but can you imagine having to read about people saying awful things about you in the news or hearing about it? No. It would be awful. I mean, it would crush me as a kid. Oh, yeah. He also stated, as the white father of a black child, you stumble and you fuck up and you try your best to be a parent and an ally, and I get it wrong a lot. I get it right sometimes. I knew that I did not want the story about virulent anti-black racism to be centered on an angry white dad, which I think is a great way of making a point not mm-hmm. about himself being upset, but making sure that it, it should be about the broader issue, right? He also described growing up in a time where he and his husband had to hide their sexuality and believed it would never be possible for them to be able to have their own children. And just the gratitude that he has for the love of his son and how horrible it's been for these other adults in his life to be speaking so horribly about his child. Following the news that DeLeon will not be stepping down, Mike said the comments were, quote, gaslighting of the highest order, which I completely agree with. Yeah. With redistricting being at the center of the discussion and backlash, tensions in communities of color have been highlighted as they fight for resources and power in the redistricting process, leading to redistricting reform, which is something that we definitely need for all of the reasons that I was just talking about beforehand. So this happens like every 10 years or so where they kind of like redraw the lines of what each district looks like. And it just so happens that 2022 or 23 is their cutoff that they have to like draw those new district lines. So luckily, the scandal has spurred an investigation by California's attorney general. And the scandal may also accelerate the movement toward redistricting reform, which although it had it was a terrible circumstance for it happening, it does seem to be that the topic of redistricting is something that's like becoming trending when it wasn't before through this story. And it's something that people are becoming more aware of in our you know different forms of systemic racism in our country. So this last topic I did special for you, (laughs) but it also was in the news. We tend to like to end things on the lightest note possible, and it's just really fun to make fun of this woman, Liz Truss, who is, uh, (laughs) she was only the British Prime Minister for six weeks. She, a whole six weeks. A whole wow. six weeks. Maybe a whole, maybe a half, maybe a last half, I don't know, but I know, right? That's, uh... So 
because she had members of her own party. So she is part of the conservative party over there. And for them to hate you, they <laughs> hated her. They were like, you are fucking up so you must be awful. bad. Right. Uh, so like I said, I mentioned John Oliver again later in my notes, because this is how we first heard of Liz Trust, because he was just like ripping her a new one on his show. We don't get too much of the uh, straight English news. Right, and, exactly. Um, yeah, this was a, a hot topic. And yeah. And hilarious. Oh my goodness. He's referred to her as Margaret Thatcher if she were high on glue. <laughs> As well as the dollar store British Leslie Nope. <laughs> um, and I, so earlier when you came All in them and were I was. Spot on. I know, <laughs> I right? Say. But remember earlier when I was like, what did, what was that video that he would always play and like laugh at that she says? And this is the quote that she says. She goes, <laughs> In December, I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets. And then she smiles and it's like crickets. Like no one in the audience responds. And she's like standing there smiling, waiting for like the audience to like it's clap. Very cringeworthy. She, I feel like she was waiting for that applause. Like, she oh, was so chipper. Pork markets. I'm going to open new pork markets. Huh? Cool. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's not what we want. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah, exactly. So her excuse for leaving office, she's like, look, I came into office during a time of great economic instability and was elected with a mandate for change. But, quote, I recognize, though, I cannot deliver the mandate. Then, ma'am, why did you run? Also, the queen met her and died a day later. So I got to say, that's she's not. That can't be. A good omen. Do you know that there are, like, <laughs> those memes are everywhere about, like, the conspiracy oh, yes. of the queen and this trust? It's like, did she kill her? Uh, no, 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 we're not saying that. Putting on my tinfoil hat. <laughs> we are not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, so she, when she was running for office, she was promising tax cuts and kickstarting the country's economic growth through a form of, quote, trickle-down economics. But when these yeah, tax we've seen cuts that doesn't work. <laughs> right, exactly. So when these tax cuts were announced alongside new spending plans, the country's currency plummeted in value and the cost of government shot up. So every that's why everyone in her party was like, What are you doing? Um, things got so bad that she fired her buddy, fellow conservative quasi Quarting, and they hired their political rival, Jeremy Hunt, as finance minister. <laughs> so like that's how bad she is with her money. Hunt then removed or canceled the remainder of Truss's economic program, and Truss's own conservative party called for her to step down. So, as prime minister for only six weeks, Liz Truss is one of the shortest-serving prime ministers in British political history. Wasn't she the shortest? So, I was going to say, I was reading one of the shortest, but I believe from what I've found, she is the shortest. So Hard to top that. <laughs> yeah, well, do you want to hear how? I have examples. Let's go. So she beat out Lord Bath, who only led for two days after being unable to find more than one person to agree to be on his cabinet. Ooh. But that was like way, way, way back when. Lord I, Bath, I what feel were like, you doing? Right? You were a bad man. Bad man. I guess like no one wanted to be a part of it. But they didn't really even no count that. 
they didn't really even count that in the official list that I looked at because officially the person who <laughs> ran longer than her was a guy named George Canning, whose term lasted a total of 119 days because he died of tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, if you're a listener of this show, for some reason, tuberculosis is mentioned way more than any other illness ever. <laughs> if you're going through the past, it uh, it did some damage. It was a and killer. It still does. And yeah. it's terrifying. It's not- Don't... Not a good thing to Especially get. Especially you. Don't Google it. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I don't Google <laughs> medical things. No, I'm not allowed do. to. No, you're not. I'll I do it for you. I don't allow myself or and other people have told me I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> Just don't self-diagnose yourself. People. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> So of those with clear terms, Liz Truss has made history as the shortest running prime minister in the history of the UK with a term that lasted about 44 to 51 days. She did it. (laughs) She did it. She won. Some kind of award. I mean, it's not good, but you did something uh, to go in the history books. She'll get coal in her stocking from Santa this year. So, of course, the internet went wild with this information, and memes galore have been coming out. (laughs) Um, I wrote a few that I liked. One of them says, Liz Truss is the only PM to not have an episode of Doctor Who aired during her premiership since the show began in 1963. (laughs) That's insane. Another one says, the process of electing Liz Truss to be prime minister was two weeks longer than the time she was prime minister. Wow. Wow. Ouch, right? And this one's for you because I don't understand any of these references, so maybe you can help me I'm out. I'm seeing your screen. I recognize a few names, and okay. I have no idea where this is going. Okay, so there's been a... a random. There's been a sports meme trend of comparing her to athletes that only like played a few games with certain teams. So yeah. the people that I read up on were Cole Beasley's few games with the Buccaneers. Few. That's uh, n- barely a game, if you can call it a game. What happened? What was the story? Well... Tom Brady's old right now. Very old. Shouldn't be playing anymore. Yeah. I don't like the guy. Never have. Right. Um, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. But is this but like a recent this guy, thing? This guy used to play for my team, the Cowboys, and now he's he's a little old, and they signed him, and uh, he I don't even know if he played in that game. He may have. I didn't watch it. And then they just pulled him immediately? And, and he's gone, and he retired. Oh yeah, so he maybe played a game. Yeah. What about um, Mike Piazza with the Marlins? Piazza. Piazza. Yeah, uh, yeah, famous Dodger player, and then for the Mets. Really? My brain knows way too much about this. This is what I'm saying. I can literally and, mention yeah, any athlete, and he'll be able to go I don't remember off. how long he played for Marlins, but it obviously wasn't a long time. Do you time. remember that he played for the Marlins at all? Briefly. Briefly, right? I, yeah, it's... Um, so the it's pretty deep in there somewhere, maybe. It's <laughs> deep in the recesses in of there. your memory. I don't even know. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, it's always good to end the episode on a lighter note. I wanted to give you a huge thank you. <laughs> I know you Thanks had... for having me. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm here to listen to her. And um, yeah. I'm here to learn. Yeah. I'm not here to... Uh, but you but this is something I always say. I believe that you being who you are, being a straight white man, this is not a visual medium. So I'm yeah. gonna say it each time. But to me, the thing that I love about you is that you've never like disagreed with me on any of these things. You and I share a lot of the same no, views and passions. You went to women's marches before we were together, and it was something that you, you know, 
weren't against you knew what you were getting into not when you started dating me women, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know you knew about the show when we started dating and everything like that and uh you and i have always had really great conversations and i think it's a good example of what we always say and that's anyone can be a feminist it's not because you have to be a certain person or from a different background or anything like that like anybody who believes in these things is a feminist and i think that if more white men were to be more proudly out as feminists and talking about these issues, maybe the world would be a little bit of a better place. Not that your voice needs to be amplified, but your no. voice amplifying others is what we need. You know what I'm saying? It's a good way of putting it. Thank That's you. perfect. Well, I love you so much. I couldn't have said it better, we're and shaking, I will not try. <laughs> we're like half holding hands, half shaking hands right now. It's we did it. <laughs> super cute. Uh, so stay tuned for the very end of the episode to listen to Somersault Queen's amazing new song, Idol. They also have a music video up. You can follow them on their Instagram at Somersault Queen. Is it Somersault Queen Music or just Somersault Queen? It's Somersault Queen. Just Somersault Queen. You can look them up on Instagram. They're rad. Spotify, Spotify. all of that. Yes, YouTube, thank you. Uh, we have a new music video out with that. That yes. was a fun one to do. Uh, Huge yeah. shout out to Cody, Jeremy, and Josh, the other yes. band members. Also, we love them Rose so much. Vega, our photographer, she's amazing. 100%. Um, Me and Christine helped it. in the video a little yes. bit. <laughs> yes, we had a lot of help, and uh, it, it's great. Yeah, listen if you like. It's it's a fun one. You're so funny. You're the same way as me. It's like, I mean, if you want to listen, like, you can. But, like, you don't yeah. have to. Like, Here I it totally is. Go. get it. Like, if you don't, it's fine. Well, I'm sweating my ass off, and we got to go get a pie. We got to go get a pizza. Uh, so pizza pie. I'm going to finish this up. If you have any ideas for the news episode next week, or if you have any topics that you want me to explore in the future, please go ahead and email me at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or follow me and direct message me on our Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners in the group page. You can also rate and review us on Spotify. Thank you again to that listener who pointed it out to me. And you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Right now, you know more than ever, I truly do appreciate those reviews. And it makes me so unbelievably happy to receive all of your love and support. Lastly, Max, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love you. That's, love you too. Oh, thank you. All right. That's all we have for you today. <laughs> With all that being said, I encourage you to rage on. Bye.
Can one great big idea actually change the world? First-term Congressman Seth McGuire wants to find out. With a star-studded cast featuring Patrick J. Adams, Kate Walsh, Shanola Hampton, Ming-Na Wen, and Lawrence Fishburne, America 2.0 is a six-part scripted series about one man's quest to transform this country. 
by giving every American citizen $1 million. Seth is an unflinching idealist, so it should come as no surprise that he's completely ill-equipped to navigate DC's political treachery. On Capitol Hill, even the wildest dreamers have to learn how to play the game. Can his bold and revolutionary plan really save this country, or is he going to talk himself right out of office? To find out, tune in to America 2.0, available wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can learn more at realm.fm.